Hi, I'm Julia Prescott. And I'm Allie Gertz. And, and everything's, everything's Coming, coming up, up Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Henry K. Beer, Duff's private reserve. Why have a Duff when you can pop open a Henry K? And remember, once you open it, there's no refund. <laughs> We're also brought to you by Springfield Plastic Surgery, cementing smiles since 1991. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, we are brought to you by The Land of Chocolate. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, my favorite. And mm. what I think of first when I think of this episode that I'm very excited to talk about uh, with yeah. our special guest today, Jonah Carey. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm so excited. Are you oh, excited man. to talk about this episode of The Simpsons? So... The way, that, <clears throat> excuse me, the way this intro came to be is somebody on Twitter basically said, "Hey, you guys should get together." <laughs> I it's love that. true. I love that. It's that's my exactly favorite it thing. Happened. And <laughs> then I said, "That's true." And then uh, it didn't take too much hounding, which was very nice and flattering for us. Yeah, it just was a happy Vice little, versa. happy little marriage. Yeah. Now we're all here together. And yeah. this episode, immediately, I was like, "Okay, I definitely want to do this show." And I, I, I have never been on a podcast where I could just spend 45 minutes <laughs> just ranting about The Simpsons. And I'm very excited about this. And this is um, my favorite episode. But it, I've never heard of anybody else who considers this their favorite episode. It's a good episode. It is a good episode. But yeah. nobody's like, this is number one. I'm right. like, this is my I favorite I agree by with far. you. And, you know, oh, to man. be honest, to be um, – I was very prejudiced and assumed that you'd want to do the baseball episode. It's definitely one of my favorites. And it's yeah. a great one. It's a favorite for people that don't even have any investment or career mm-hmm. in discussing baseball. It's got a great song in it. It's oh, got a great, great song, song in it. Um, but I was very happy because like, I love I love it when we get to talk about you know the monorails type episodes. But it's way more fun when someone has a favorite and it's really their favorite. Oh, and yeah. Then, this one's clearly important to you. And I'm dying to find out why. It's just, you know, here's the thing about The Simpsons, and, and you've asked this, like, I'm a avid listener of the show, I love the show, and you always, ask, yeah, and you always ask people, hey, how old were you when this episode was on? And, right. and they say 12 or 13, you say, oh, well, that was the age. I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little bit older than that, I'm 41, uh-huh. and so this episode came out in 91, so I was 17. So when you're 17, you have a little bit different life view than when you're 12 or 13, like, you're a little more... Too cool for school and whatever. Yeah. And, and the nineties are just like that's the snark decade. That's like the, the, the David yeah, yeah, Spade yeah. decade. <laughs> I've never I heard it described it, as that, but it's so accurate. It's totally the David Spade. It's decade. the Hollywood Minute era. <laughs> it is. It really is. And I'm a very positive guy or whatever, but I still have a little bit of that just because that's my age. Right. Yeah. And um, and and I and so I just like I never I didn't watch. A dramatic t- a drama on TV until I was well into my 20s. I was like, I only care about comedy. I don't want feelings. Mm-hmm. I don't care about relationships. <laughs> I don't care about anything. I just want jokes, jokes, it. jokes. Mm-hmm. And this episode is just pure jokes. Like, th- there's a little bit of a takeaway, you know, kind of Burns thinking about all the meaning of life and is he happy with it all, if you want to really look into it. Right. But it's mostly just like a showcase of Burns comedy and Burns is my guy. So (laughs) Burns is a great guy to have. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, I mean, he does contemplate the meaning of life, but he also contemplates like having power and like that running out and that being his identity. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's that's the shift that happens with him where he goes back. But we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. <laughs> um, so what we like to do is, for people that haven't uh, seen this episode or thought about this episode in a while, well, first we'll say it is um, Burns Verkaufen der Kraftwerk. Yeah, I just always call it Kraftwerk. Kraftwerk, yeah. So that's the easiest um, way for me to be like, hey, we all know. It's yeah. 50% off chocolate episode. <laughs> and then actually, the German translation, it's not uh The grammar's accurate. wrong, yeah. The grammar's wrong, but it's supposed to be Burn Sells the Power Plant is the translation of the title. And it was um, the 11th episode of The Simpsons' third season. It aired on December 5th, 1991, as yes. you said. It was written by John Vitti and directed by Mark Kirkland. And the showrunners at the time were Al Jean and Mike Rice. I mean, that's golden. Years. I know. Did we just do two John Vitti episodes back to back? We did. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love when we do John <laughs> episodes. <laughs> yeah, no, they're always really great. I mean, didn't we calculate it or like IMDb told us that he's written like 75 episodes well, or something crazy? Not, not that many because, oh, really? uh, not to be a downer, but yeah, John Swartzwaller <laughs> did 59 episodes oh, 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 and he's okay. number one and so John, John Beattie's done two, quite a bit. Like, Maybe yeah, he's done 37. Like 30. <laughs> that's a big That's a big gap. 37's the number that Nickelodeon was on. Sorry, but <laughs> it's, just, it's like those things like Fox was 11, Nickelodeon was 37, Disney was 43. Just, you know, these things. Kids at home are nodding in agreement. 90s kids will remember this. 37 is the inmate number for Paul Newman in Cool Hand Luke, and yeah. Cool Hand yes, Luke might be my favorite movie of all next. time. I love that 
that weird yeah. like number 23 Jim Carrey BuzzFeed article yeah. that you just rattled off like you're a 90s kid if you remember this and it's just like the numbers of stations 49 so, was TV land I have a friend named Nicole Orbach who's a sports writer uh-huh. and she has a Twitter account called that 90s girl mm-hmm. and it has a bazillion jillion followers and I of didn't course. even know that about her I just like we're friends and she's like oh, I know I do this thing and it and it literally is just all that stuff it's yeah like, okay. people love it right now especially right now I think because like the kids uh, from that era are now in their 20s and 30s and so yeah. they're like facing very adult things and they desperately want to feel like a kid again we because... need to talk more full house yeah more a fuller yeah. house <laughs> fuller oh house. we'll get started on that uh, or maybe <laughs> we won't let's stay away from let's it let's stay away from that jeez um, so uh, I'm going to pitch a slight format change. Let's do Normally, it. we have our episode guidebook, and we read the first paragraph of it, and it's like a, a really shoddy version of the summary. <laughs> Sometimes it's not summary! so good. Yeah, it's a little column A, little column B. Um, but uh, I decided to read uh, the summary from Wikipedia, which is more succinct um, in, in the plot of this episode. Um, so this is when it feels like school, when I read from my paper. This is what it feels like when doves cry? Yeah, Sorry, yeah, absolutely. Totally, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get out. You're not allowed to this No more. Here. No more. Uh, all right. In the episode, uh, in this episode, Mr. Burns wishes to pursue other interests and therefore decides to sell his power plant to two German investors for $100 million. Safety inspector Homer is immediately fired by the Germans because of his incompetence. Later, Burns realizes that he has lost all his respectability because he can no longer control anyone. Did I miss anything? Is there any other crucial plot points people as need to know? As far as plot goes, that's fine. I think that the whole stock market... I used to be a stock market writer before I was a sports writer well, for really? like a decade. That uh-huh. was like numbers and reading charts and all oh, that cool. stuff. And um, I find the whole stock market subplot... It's just like they're throwaway jokes. But like they sell the stock... And well, Marge is calculating how much it is. Okay, they have a hundred shares, and it's fifty-two bucks a share, and she has to put all the calculator because she can't multiply. That just was like that's a perfect so joke. funny. Buy low, sell high. The broker making small talk. Yeah, it's fa- like it's it's what the stock market was basically before the internet. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic. I yeah. love I love stock ho- <clears throat> stock Homer jokes. I'll say because um, <laughs> uh, I meant to say stock humor, but it worked. Bear with me. <laughs> There are two episodes that I think of. It's this one and then when Homer invests all of his money in pumpkins because the sales are doing well in October. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Through December, they'll be through the roof. It's so hilarious. So I love when Homer has money problems. Um because it makes them have to do some kind of quick fix or find right, a right. new job or something's going to happen. Stakes are high. And I love when that happens. Especially in this episode because, you know, you can see the excitement on Marge's face when she's, like, watching the news and the burned stock is going up really high. And she's like, oh, my God, for the first time, we're going to have a savings that account. That breaks my heart. It was very sad. I know that but their was- life is about to change, and yet Homer, he wasted it all on beer. I do love Bart kicking him into the TV. Like, yeah, I, I do think that's a good son. <laughs> yeah, yes, absolutely. Well, I like the generic news guy, too. That guy has appeared yeah. on a couple of episodes, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah, Like the yeah. Ken Brockman alternative. Yeah. The CNBC I, guy, I guess. I really appreciate, I mean, they're not throwaway characters, but they're more like the, the general kind of guy characters. Yes. Um, I think I mentioned on maybe the last episode, like the guy that like jumps out the window and then jumps back in in that one episode. One of the best. Oh, yeah. has, the PTA has not disbanded. I know. It's so good. It's he so defenestrated, good. Yeah, which just, is my favorite word. <laughs> yes. It's it's just so good. I love it when they do that. And, and I love like seeing them again. It's just it's a real fun Easter egg. But I was going to say in my research regarding the stockbroker in the audio commentary. The writer said that James L. Brooks pitched the concept of an ancient dust-covered stockbroker Homer never sees. But then, of course, we see him. But that was the original idea that it was going to be, like, this guy in a basement that, like, you know, is, like, working hard for Homer, but, like, just, you know, (laughs) like a robot of a man. I can see that. Yeah. 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 Anyway. That's all. I think it's a fun fact. I liked it. (laughs) Some of these fun facts aren't as fun. Some of them are more fun. But that's that's the way it goes. So when I think of this episode, I instantly think of the um, chocolate scene. Um, Iconic. Yes. And also, I was a little kid. So, like, for me, that was, like, stocks. What are stocks? I don't know what this is. Right. And, like, cool people are driving fancy cars, but, like, chocolate scene. I want more of this. Yeah. But I remember my dad thinking the 50% off chocolate was the funniest thing he'd ever seen and he explained Mm -hmm. it like to such detail like why it was funny (laughs) and so it's always what i think of when i think of this episode 
and I was happy that the rest of the episode is just as funny. Um, yeah. But what are your reasons that this episode stands out to you? All right. So I've, I made a list. Um, first of all, right off the top, Burns is upset. And, yeah. and Smithers is washing his hair. Okay, yes. so already that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. The Burns Smithers relationship is is great on a hundred thousand levels. I love Smithers so much. I feel for him so much. So to real talk it a little bit for a second, the idea of Smithers obviously desiring Burns, mm-hmm. they're not diminishing it or making fun of it or what. And it's the early nineties. Like it's not. It's really less accepting. Not that everything is perfect now, but it's twenty five years ago. Yeah, and they're and they're going with it, and it's fine. And they're not making fun of Smithers, and they're not belittling him. This is just his thing, and I, I, it's poignant. That part of the episode is actually poignant. But then he breaks out Snappy the Alligator. Sir, I feel there's something you're not telling me. Mm. Perhaps you'd feel more comfortable talking to Snappy the Alligator. Maybe. Hello, Mister Burns. Snappy, you know it's hard to imagine, but. I was once a barefoot boy with cheek of tan. I dreamed of Grand Slam home runs and wiping out nations with the stroke of a pen. Well, there's still time for all those things, sir. Is there? Controlled nuclear fission is a demanding mistress, Snappy. So you feel resentful towards the plant? Yes. Yes, exactly. You know, maybe it's time I sold the old girl. Oh! Snappy the fucking alligator. Maybe you feel more comfortable talking to Snappy the alligator. And he goes, maybe. I literally say maybe 67 times a day. I love that Burns in that moment goes, Snappy. (laughs) (laughs) Just talks to him straight. And Smithers starts nodding and then Snappy starts nodding. The visual gag is off the charts. That choice. In the writer's room, that choice to bring out Snappy the yes. Alligator is ridiculous. <laughs> what a ridiculous pitch that they followed through. Conan, I think, at that point was a writer on the show. Uh-huh. That strikes me as very Conan-y, I think. I, I see agree. That for it's sure. so agree. surreal and weird. Yeah, I love I love that. And I love like picking up on like the flavors of the different writers' sensibility in these episodes. What is a VD episode? So I know Swartzwelder, like I know his humor. You said VD wrote a billion episodes. I confess that I don't have that scholarly level. Do you know what a VD joke would be? Or what a VD premise is? I don't know. Because he it's actually kind of all over the place. And that's something that mm. like he wrote an episode um that, that we didn't actually care for and we were surprised uh by it. But it was like a later episode. It was a later episode that yeah. was a grandpa episode and it was just a little um you know, where we're always I don't know. We're always able to find something that we love about it. So there are definitely great moments. But it was just weaker amongst the episodes that he's written. So right. it was hard to say. But yeah. I think the, you know, for us, there are definitely people that know The Simpsons much better. Um, but they don't have a Simpsons podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so for us. Nuts to them. <laughs> Nuts and gum together at last. Yeah. <laughs> One of the best. But for us, like, we're kind of figuring it out as we go. So we're we're kind of getting to experience it as kids first and then through this see it more as writers and adults and creatives and kind of figure out like oh, yeah this is what makes a john Beatty episode and it is delightful to pick up on those nuances of like you can tell what a conan joke is yeah you can definitely tell what a dana gould joke is right that was a great i listened to that episode that was great oh yeah, yeah such he was great yeah, yeah yeah and and i think about i don't know if we discussed it on his episode but i think about a joke that he wrote for the simpsons uh a lot where it's um superintendent chalmers uh says this line, um, like, she's like a female Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> I think in regards to Lisa. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's it's fun when you pick up on those little uh, tidbits. But but yeah, I'm sure as we dig deeper, we'll come up with a John Beatty. Like, this is his signature. The touch. The, the Vitti touch. <laughs> which, uh, you know, is, is its own thing. It's not safe for television. <laughs> no. Anyway. Well, and there are more imagination scenes, I feel like, in this episode than almost any other. Like, yeah. the, First of all, what are you going to do with the money? So Homer's imagining the hammer and, and all that stuff. That's fantastic. Bart laying supine <laughs> and the chocolate milkshakes are coming into his mouth via a giant cement mixer. Filling his giant belly. It's yeah. so good. And Land of Chocolate is also yeah. an imagination scene. And... That's a very uh, dare. I'm going to say the the thing that shall not be uttered. That's a very Family Guy thing mm-hmm. to do, right. I guess. The cutaway, the actually, yeah, the cutaway, but like the cutaway, like a thought bubble imagination thing. Simpsons did it occasionally. Mm-hmm. This is like over the top, but it's so the material's so good that I'm totally on board. It's so visual, and yeah. it's such a treat. I mean, on a joke level for adults watching it, but for kids, oh. holy crap! Yeah. Like, Total fantasy fulfillment, yeah. It was, it, the, all that stuff was great. It's just, the whole thing is visual gags, like the Lenny Tooth. I love that. Yeah. It's 
<laughs> Except Lenny, he looks great. <laughs> the worst day of my life. And it's just there are, there are no pauses. Like in the third act, there's maybe a little bit. Actually, the, the when there's the least jokes is when they go more toward Bart and Homer. Like they're in the bar and they're kind of setting up Burns. When Burns comes, that's when there's like jokes, yeah, jokes, jokes, yeah. and whatever. But they're just kind of it's you know Mo being excited about Bart being there, and it's more I know, and it's him, more setup. Yeah. It's good, but it's yeah. not the, the the stuff in the plant with Burns and Smithers and the Germans is all jokes. It's pure jokes. it's great. Uh, as far as like watching this as a kid, I remember like the the fear I felt for Bart because it is such a oh my god he's about to get caught. I And that was such an exciting thing, and it was such a good payoff, of course, to just like, it's little Bart, I haven't seen him in so long. (laughs) I love Mo interacting with Bart. I just love him interacting with the family, calling Marge Midge and all that stuff. Yes. Yeah, but I also love that idea of, and this is, you know, so indicative of a bygone era, but of uh, like a a child delighting a room of drunks. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And, you know, in that era when when everyone's dads would just retire at some local watering hole and like get really wasted and then go home and the wife was fine with that well i actually you know. do i actually do in the early prefer... 90s <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly in the early 90s i do feel like that there has been a shift of like how we treat kids and maybe it's because of the simpsons like where mm-hmm. we care so much about what these kids mm. have to say but like i do really like when kids have to entertain adults as opposed to adults having to entertain kids like right. nothing bores me more than someone trying to please a child like <laughs> i don't care if the kid is happy you make oh, me happy I, I love that for a pull quote for you <laughs> so not everybody <laughs> at this tombstone. table is, is a parent i'm gathering no, no. <laughs> i am not i may i may have gone to rant about babies yesterday yeah, you did none <laughs> that you know great. of anyway so <laughs> yeah none that i know of yeah they're <laughs> i might have offended. been knocked out for they're a couple stupid months. babies <laughs> yeah we stupid talked babies to... need the most attention yeah. Yeah, we, did. we talked about that episode. <laughs> um, I actually read in my uh, read. I actually found in my research for this episode that it was originally supposed to be um, the Japanese businessmen yeah. buy the power plant, but they felt like that was too cliched. And I like the German stuff. Well, yeah. the I mean, we're skipping ahead a little bit, but at the end when he's just like, "Oh no, the Germans!" I, know, I, I mean, know. that's you know, yeah, you can't. So it doesn't good. have the same punch with literally any other no, group. It doesn't no, work. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're allowed to make fun of Germans. You're it's you shouldn't be making fun of other people. I feel like <laughs> no. at least explaining German. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm listening and I'm learning. <laughs> this is like their country in Europe. Good, good. I'm learning and it's just. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> what are some What are some of the reasons that you have listed down? I would I wouldn't want okay. you to. Miss oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, Snappy, I have right away. Um, I, I do, because I am a sports guy, I do like sports references because they just feel like, oh, you're, you're talking to me. And the whole baseball episode is like that. One of the things in the baseball episode, just a segue for one second. Please. Um, one of the players is Jose Canseco. And Jose mm-hmm. Canseco uh, is not known as a sweet uh, altruistic guy and he's saving the washer and dryer and doing all <laughs> And it's so, yeah. it's like, if you know Canseco, that joke is already good. It's a hundred times better. That makes do. it much funnier because I I didn't know and I well like as a kid those were all fictional characters to me because right. it wasn't a sports household so they just kind of I didn't know that they were based on real people. Well, that's such a great testament to the Simpsons and to their the s- strength of their joke writing because they make their jokes so strong that yes. you know even people that have no idea what they're talking about are going to be laughing on some level. Well, all the old old movie references. I mean, okay, I'm 17. I've come of age to a certain extent, but I don't I don't, I don't know from Gone with the Wind or whatever. Right. And, of course, and, yeah. And, and then you rewatch it, you know, whatever, in your 20s, 30s, 40s. You're like, oh, this is, wow. Absolutely. Holy cow. I didn't Absolutely. even get this. There's always something new. Um, Smithers, come here. I want you. That's, you know, that's the invention of the telephone. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. that's good. I No way I knew that. Right. Not at all. Right. Um, so the Cleveland Browns thing. Yes. Don't worry, we'll still have enough money left over to buy the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yeah. And the Cleveland Browns still suck 25 years later <laughs> and are in total disarray right now. Yeah. And, and so it's just, that's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, the milk tr- the milkshake truck. Um, oh, all the like German translation stuff. So you see they're talking back and forth and they're negotiating. And uh, Burns at one point goes, my lickspittle. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, my lickspittle, blah, 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 blah. And it's so, and then um, Smithers learning these sycophantic phrases in German. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, when they are talking about going to the drying out facility and the alcoholics have to go, and they'll do like this little crowd note, you'll kind of hear it faintly. And they'll go, yeah, oh, woohoo, all right, I'm going away. And then one of them goes, maybe I'll marry Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's Again, so good. I did good. not understand that then, but now I'm like, oh, well, well, how bad? A little bit, but. Yeah, and then Homer in that moment goes like, well, I wish I was an alcoholic. <laughs> Endorsing the giant check is amazing. Uh-huh. Burns imitating Elvis is freaking amazing. Yes. And that moment between him and Smithers. It's, it's, it's so pretty tender. crushing. Yeah. I love, I mean, it's always really painful and sweet when he's into whatever Burns is doing because yeah. he's enjoying it on some level but then there's always the but you'll never be with him I know but they represent such a great love story in Absolutely. the world of the Simpsons like really they're like one of the couples quote unquote yeah. that totally. like make it work more than a lot of others well, and the fact that it's the same actor <laughs> yeah. Is yeah isn't it insane wild it's crazy I mean he how many comedy people have accomplished more than Harry Shearer I, I mean Mel Blanc but that's it yeah but he was never in a rock band, let alone a folk band. Right. That's, I know. Like, like, He's incredible. The Spinal Tap thing is now we're on to a whole other level. I but know. It's, yeah. it's insane. We want to get him on. We want to go to oh New Orleans God. and get him on. Yes. That's well, a pipe dream. When he, you know, when the thing news came out that he might be leaving the show and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and people yeah. were very sad, and I thought, well, I haven't watched an episode in, I'm like you guys, I guess you don't really watch that much anymore mm-hmm. at all. I hadn't watched in several years. and But it still made me so viscerally sad because of Burns course. is my favorite character, yeah. and it's all... There is no Simpsons without Mr. Burns. No. I agree. And I'm going to I'm gonna give you another little segue. So um, I grew up in Montreal. Uh-huh. And uh, there's only been one baseball team that's moved in the last 40 years from one city to another. And it's the team from Montreal. And people – and I wrote a book about that team. And it's like part of my identity. Like that's what people – this is like the second thing that people know me for in The <laughs> Simpsons because uh-huh. I'm – even for a male sports writer of the 30s, 40s, like even I'm still more obsessive than most people. Right. All people. But the we actual, love it. But this baseball, yeah. But this baseball team is number one. And um, people are like, oh, why are you so upset about it? There's just like a bunch of dudes wearing uniforms. And it's because when you go to baseball games when you're eight, nine, ten, you're with your dad or your mom or your sister or your grandfather. And those are your formative years. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm upset about Harry Shear, it's not because, oh, Harry Shearer's not getting checks anymore. It's because I was 16 and 17 in my buddy's basement and we were eating their mom's chocolate cake. And mm-hmm. watch and watching who shot Mr. Burns over and over and over yeah. and over and over, and you lose that. And yeah. and those are you know it's it's it sucks to like have a thing that you appreciated as a kid that you feel like you've been distanced from a little bit. Change is hard, and you know we talk about it a little bit on this podcast, like what's going to happen when the show ends oh, yeah. for real. Yeah, we've um, equated it before or likened it to your parents getting a divorce long after you've left the house. Like you're just yeah. like well. I'm sure that there are things that make them unhappy, but I still want my parents to be together. Yeah, what is happening? Yeah. This, is, this is not what I want. I don't know. Like, I mean, because we know that it has to end at some point. Yeah. It has to. 27 years now or 20? It's yeah, something gnarly. Yeah. Yeah, it started in 89. Yeah, and there's no other TV show that has a kind of legacy. I guess <laughs> you could count Saturday Night Live, but that's a whole other thing. Right. Yeah, that's not, that's not like, not you know, an animated show with an arc. Time. Yeah, yeah. So... It'll be hard, but, you know, we're all bracing for it. Well, and you, can just, and you can just revisit anything you want. Like, I, I, True. it really took me a second to be like, "Hey, I choose craft work. But, like, you know, I went back and I just watched uh, the Itchy and Scratchy movie. And yeah, that Definitely, like, great. the big ones, Monorail, those, whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's other ones that are just jokes, jokes, jokes from that era. Season three, actually... It, there's this run. There's Lisa the Greek is in that season. Because mm-hmm. oh, that, that's also great. sporty. Yeah. So good. Um God, I'm forgetting some of them. There's there's a million really good ones from that yeah. season. And right in that span, right in that like November, December, I'm, I watched them first run, obviously. And and there was a stretch of, I think, three out of those four weeks have three of maybe my top ten episodes right there. Yeah. Season three is amazing. I mean, we always talk about how like seasons two through like nine are just like boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. And I mean, isolate that for any TV show. Can you imagine a TV show that is killing it up until season nine or ten? Yeah, consistently? That's insane. <laughs> it's insane. And not something that you would ask or require of any TV show no. or a showrunner. Yeah, they just and and again, like they didn't have a precedent to live up to. They were really forging a new road with this. They didn't have to be as good as they were right out of the gate. Yeah. You know? Looking at this like season three and I was kind of scanning this morning when I was uh, on FXX um all of the season three episodes have so much plot in a really good way. Like, yes. They yeah. all feel like little movies. Yeah. Or like Alfred Hitchcock Presents because they all take place. They it's started incredible. in different places too. Like starting on Mr. Burns is a really cool thing when we're used to things starting in the yes. in the house. I right. think it's such an interesting 
what's happening? What is this story? And the first scene of the Simpsons, of any Simpsons episode, is so great because it just, it twists so completely from the rest of the plot. It's a breakthrough product, sir. Scientifically formulated to rinse clean with no oily deposits. Hot dog. And it's mild enough to use every day. Isn't life grand? What's wrong, sir? Did I get some in your eyes? The shampoo specifically said no more tears. Ah, lovely promise, but one beyond the powers of a mere shampoo. So it's just like that's what Dana Gould was saying that it's supposed to not have anything to do yeah. with the plot the yeah. first act, which is yeah. like amazing. Yeah, and I think even maybe he either he said or he was quoting Mike Scully, but like he like the way that they format the episodes is that they want to have the first scene twist so hard but without breaking, but mm. they want to just take it as far as they can and have it still flow into a cohesive story, which I find really interesting from a storytelling perspective. You just don't see that, and it's so hard to orchestrate. It's just, it's fantastic. It is They're fantastic. the best, you guys. No, we <laughs> love the Simpsons. We saw it. <laughs> well, and Lisa the Greek, um, that, you know, that, that has a lot of jokes too, but she, there's a fundamental thing about, you'll see this every couple of seasons, she's really trying to connect to her dad. Yes. Yeah. I, have a, I have two kids. I have twins, actually. And they're six. And I have oh. a daughter. And yeah, it's great. I love being a dad. Mm-hmm. And she and I have a great relationship. And it's, you know, you guys have talked about which character do you relate most to, and it's like, oh, now I, I have uh, put forth a new generation of people, and I could start thinking of them in terms of Lisa or Bart or whatever. I love that. Oh, man. It's pretty neat. And um, and the idea, and so, I, you know, if I watch Lisa Greek now, it's like, it's heartbreaking because it's just yeah get through to Homer. Like, I understand that Homer's set up to be a buffoon, and he can't be a perfect dad, but God, I'm like, just, you know, spend time with Lisa. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. And we just talked about um, home diddly, dumb doodly, whatever, yeah. mm-hmm. um, where the kids have to go to uh, the Flanders. Neglectorinos! Neglectorinos. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Newsflash, uh, Todd smells. <laughs> oh, I already knew that. Yes. <laughs> Simpsons kids miss their parents. That's one of my, my wife. My wife and I, by the way, met because of the Simpsons. Really? I flat out, oh my God. dare I say, seduced her because of the Simpsons. I met her. Okay, we're going to tell this story. Yeah, please just yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, um, this is 1994, a long time ago, but right in the heart of The Simpsons, like, uh-huh. you know, season four or five. And uh, I had a buddy, like a friend of a friend who was going to a college. I went to school in Montreal, and she was in Philadelphia. She went to a school called Haverford College, a little school in Philly. And so um, we were going, my buddy and I were going to visit another dude, and she lived on the hall. So I met her, whatever. We hung out the whole week. It was great. Whatever. But nothing was happening. Um, and then... Basically, when I would just start talking about The Simpsons, and she, I, it was just an instant connection. It was an amazing thing, and I find it really interesting when you have a partner who, or or a best friend or whatever, and they have totally different favorite episodes than you do. So mm-hmm, her favorite mm-hmm. episode uh, by far is um, Summer of Four Foot Two, which so is good. that's poignant. <laughs> that's very Lisa and very good. Um, and, but she just does. She seems to like those kinds of episodes the really emotional more. ones. Whereas I'm just are... like jokes, 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 and she loves jokes too. Of right, course. And right. we quote like if we're hungry in the house, about, it doesn't matter. Like oh, can you go get pick up lunch? Can you go cook? Whatever. Like one of us will talk to the other. Where's my burrito? Where's my burrito? Where's my burrito? And we just say, where's my burrito? Where's my burrito? That's all we do. It's literally, and how many times? So you eat three times a day for the rest of your life. So we say, where's my burrito? I love that. Thousands so of your, times. Your kids say that too, I bet. They or probably they're about will. To. They probably will. And so just connecting on that level is so, yeah. uh, she's brilliant and, and lovely person, whatever. But just that thing was like, oh, right. yeah, well, obviously we're going to be together now probably forever. Oh, man. I love yeah. that. And I love that. It's how uh, we were just kind of like very much as like, well, we like The Simpsons. We should be friends. And yeah, we, we've we talked about it on the podcast, but like how we originally became friends was we were both at like some comedian's birthday party and our mutual friend Will Weldon uh, said, hey, Allie, you like The Simpsons. Julia likes The Simpsons. You guys should talk. Yeah, right. but he was so Bye. begrudging about it. Yeah, he was like, like Ugh, <laughs> you guys both like each other. And Simpsons it, it nerds. Was an instant connection. I think I was just about to get my Simpsons tattoo, so I was telling Allie about that, and we were nerding out. And it was a wonderful time. And it was wonderful. now we get to talk about the Simpsons uh, as much as we were before, but into into cans. Into cans. <laughs> well, that would be the headphones. <laughs> you yes. should get the terms right. Uh, no, I just said that we, you know, after wow. this, we talk into the cans. This is our it's first fight. Thing. I'm really glad you're here. <laughs> it's our first fight. Let's get it out. 
<laughs> I could be a mediator. I could do this. Oh, this great. Be fun. <laughs> guys, yeah. let's talk about Lenny. We'll feel better now. Oh, Lenny. <laughs> yeah. Any other things that you'd like to um, point out from your list? Um, some of these things are subtle. So Homer is very stressed about losing his, He thinks he's going to lose his job. Yeah. And he's pacing back and forth. And Marge is in bed reassuring him. And she's naked. And she is naked quite a bit if you actually I'm not a creepo but whatever no like, no she just like has the cover pulled up and she's like oh homie don't worry about it and there's something when you again when you're a kid like or even when you're 17 you don't but there's something very I, I can't describe it it's sort of funny it's sort of like yeah people sleep hey whatever right, like right, with right. your husband or whatever but but it's like cartoon and kids are watching this thing and it's you're not seeing anything but it's just there's a whole setup <laughs> and there's something like layered and funny about that um oh this has been a source of debate for years in my house and with my friends so there's a scene where the germans are coming by and homer's trying to um like pretend that he's doing his job so it's like you do this whatever and then he goes smitty and he either says safe up or safe enough oh what am i gonna <gasps> Hey, you! Stop being so unsafe, Smitty! Safe enough. Homer, could we have a word with you? No. I must have phrased that badly. My English is how you say inelegant. I meant to say, may we have a brief, friendly chat? No. Once again, I failed. We request the pleasure of your company for a free exchange of ideas. <laughs> safe enough is, oh, you're good. Yeah. Safe enough is get safer. Safe enough. I feel like safe enough would have been the choice I would have made. Right. Yeah. But the tone of his voice is conciliatory. It's yeah. okay, safe enough. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. And it turns out that it is safe enough. Uh-huh. This has bothered me for 20 years. Oh, I, I just like, why wow. would you make the tone of his voice that way? Why? Why are what you doing a, what this? What a great Simpsons conspiracy theory. I am so down the rabbit hole. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm my just, God. You're going to have hardcore guests on your show. I'm pretty fucking... I'm sorry. We can swear. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I insist. I'm pretty fucking hardcore. And it's not that I'm hardcore about like, oh, I know the right. name of the, the this and that. It's that I had, there's these beats that I remember in my brain and I cannot get rid of them. In yeah, a good way. and you shouldn't. No. <laughs> um, relating to that, it makes me think of um, the episode, uh, which I think is um, Springfield with a dollar sign for oh, the yeah. S, mm-hmm. and where everybody's like got gambling fever and casinos are popping up. Gambler. Gambler. <laughs> and um, they get Tony Bennett to play the the Treehouse uh, Casino. And, <laughs> or he hits so, him in the eye yeah. with the microphone. <laughs> or some, maybe, I'm sorry if I'm jumbling the episodes, but there's... Oh, maybe no, Tony Bennett singing the Capital City song. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. In that song, he says a line in such a weird tone that always like sticks out to me because it's on the Simpsons albums, and it just makes me go, "Why did you do that?" Where he goes, uh, "Look, it's Tony Bennett." Hey, good to see you. It's against the law to brown in Capital City. And for some reason, <laughs> it just always sticks out to me where I'm like, why did they direct him? <laughs> but that might have been take so number weird. 10 and they had to move on. What, that's one of your One of the writer guests was saying, like, we just, eventually we're like, that's good enough. Yeah, yeah but it just sticks out to me <laughs> so much. Enough? And I've talked about it for like a long time with my friends where it's like, why, why, why? But yeah, it's, I think it sticks out to me more because it's on the albums and I listen to them all the time. Right. Uh, one of you does songs. I do. You do songs. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you were inspired by this, right? Very much so. It's just there's so many. Like the, the monorail song is just you know it's one of the most legendary songs ever. Music, Absolutely, the music writing on the show is incredible because it's a matter of not only are the lyrics so funny yeah. and so strong, but the performers on these tracks are taking it so seriously and they're so amazing. So it just adds another layer. Like, I wish, I keep pitching this to the Stonecutter show at Meltdown and they keep shooting me down, but I really want to do Simpsons karaoke. Um, I want to have that be like a tiebreaker for teams, but they keep telling me they're like, Julia, the kind of people that come to the show are introverted and nerdy. I agree. It should be its (laughs) own. Put some drinks in them. I want to. It should be its own night. It shouldn't be part of trivia. It should be for people that are, you know, not shy like those guys. I would like push the machine down and be like, I don't need this machine. I know. I know. know. (laughs) It's my dream to perform uh, Kicking It, the... Uh, 
the Betty Ford yes. musical in its entirety by myself. Oh, that's so <laughs> good. I it's so bad. But it, it'll happen eventually. It'll happen. They we'll reenact HMS Pinafore with uh, Sideshow Bob. Yes, it's so incredible. Yeah. Yeah, and so when I was younger, when the, the Ghost and Sonic album came out, Songs in the Key of Springfield, like yeah. that was my jam. I listened to it all the time. And I can memorize like all the interludes and the interstitials and it's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the most important thing, and I've talked about this in terms of my own music, with what works so well is what you mentioned, which is that the performances are serious and like there's never there's no irony ever with the Simpsons in at least this generation of Simpsons. Right. Like I feel like sometimes there's like it's not as uh, sincere or genuine and there's a little bit more winking later on, which is mm-hmm. what I don't respond to. And that's Same. true with music and with, with joke writing. Like, I don't like when they're in on the joke in a way that makes it kind of like, you might feel kind of like an idiot if you like it. Mm. Like, I don't want to be judged for liking this thing you worked on. <laughs> like, yeah. I just want to like it because you like it. And they make it good music first and funny lyrics Mm-hmm. equal <laughs> i just love i think it's so important overall in Always. any in any art that we talked about that on the ben schwartz episode when yeah. he asked us like what is the thing that you dislike the most and we both kind of were like people that aren't honest or or sincere and yeah yeah i think that's why we get along so well and it seems like all of our guests feel the same way that they just love things so earnestly yeah. like mm-hmm. you can't see it but jonah's wearing a, a bart shirt from <laughs> like uh, sorry homer sh- i have a bart shirt that's why <laughs> that says so, i actually mm, don't donuts. know the difference between bart and homer <laughs> oh my god i can't, I can't believe that i didn't say that earlier 40 something episodes in and we're now just discovering this well, well that that's got to be the you rest know, of the I was, episode i was using bart in the way that like um, I'm trying to say Simpsons, but like when you're trying to say soda, you ask for a Coke. Just, oh, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, yeah. I just fucked up. <laughs> I'm tired. A <laughs> um, couple more. Yes, Again, please, lines, please. lines, lines. So a lot of the lines are by the, like, ach du lieber raccoons, and the raccoons come out. That's amazing. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I'll read the, the, the firings in alphabetical order. Simpson, mm-hmm. Homer, that is all. That is great. What a great And that moment. doesn't matter if you're 8 or 20 or 50. You'll, that's a great joke regardless. It's so fantastic, yeah. Um, Sector Siebengruben is ama- just like a good throwaway line. And then the end when um, when he says, All right, Mr. Burns, you win, but beware. We Germans aren't all smiles and sunshine. Ooh, the Germans are mad at me. I'm so scared. Ooh, the Germans. Uh-oh, the Germans are coming to get stop me. Stop easy, guys. Oh, don't let the Germans come after Please me. Please stop the pretending. Oh, no, you're the scared, Germans are coming after me. Oh, no, they're so big stop and strong. It, oh, stop it, Mr. Burns. pretending you're scared of us. Please not. Arnold smiles in sunshine, and then he does, oh, no, the Germans are mad at me. Yeah, and that, that's like, just... what will happen with the Germans being mad at me? <laughs> they're so big and strong. And he's, like, cowering, but pretend cowering <laughs> behind Smithers. And you see their, like, glowering faces, the Germans. It's, it's just... Just, man, yeah. it's perfection. I also, I love um, his decision to bring back Homer is something mm-hmm. that's so funny. And again, I'm, I'm really looking at this as a kid of just how serious everything is. I love him saying this idea of like, little does he know that like I'm going to, you know, well, first of all. He runs a knife through a stuffed animal, which is pretty haunting when you're a kid. Yes, absolutely. He's <laughs> like, why would you ever? Why did you even have it? Yeah, is I that know. yours? Well, was, it was it two a, it, stab? It was a throwaway from the um, uh, daycare that they had yes. all the stuff on the floor uh, that yes. they converted into a daycare. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good. Right. Yes, good eye. And the sort of Damocles reference. That was... I did not get that when I was seventeen. I'm like the sort of Damocles. We're doing that. Well, that's I got amazing. those Harvard boys. I got so. that when I was five. So I don't oh, know. sorry. Oh, God, I'll leave. You must have gone to Bovine University. <laughs> so I, I love this idea, and it, it doesn't ever really pay off. It, well, it's just kind of funny that someone who always is forgetting Homer would say just like, and then one day when he least right. suspects it, he's, you know, I'm going to get him. Like, mm-hmm. I just think it's such a funny idea. And I always love how passionate Burns is yet always forgets just like Krusty can never remember Bart like there's something right, right. I so love important about this, this the Simpsons characters that some no one else can remember yeah and from like a storytelling uh, perspective in this episode the way that it resets at the end mm. is just so perfect I mean they're so great at that you know you have to reset so that everything can just be back in order but you know it's like 
something very real happens. Homer gets fired from his job. Burns sells the plant. But then how do you recover from that? And they find the perfect way with the teasing in Moe's bar from Mr. Burns. I mean, one of my favorite moments is when uh, Bart approaches Mr. Burns and goes like, hey, Mr. Burns, did you get that letter I sent you? He goes, no, I don't believe I did. Well, then, oh, maybe I forgot to stamp it. And he like hits his foot. Oh, that's on your list? It's so good. Yeah, it's... there are great Bart moments in this. And in him seeing uh, the teddy bear picnic. Was yes! it? <laughs> what? The teddy bear has been good. It's sure of a treat today. There's lots of marvelous things to eat and wonderful games to play. Beneath the trees where nobody sees, they'll hide and seek as long as they please. Today's the day the teddy bears have their picnic. What's yeah, going on? yeah. There are all these fun little kid moments like that. It's so good. Yeah, and it's such a real mm. portrait of kids that age at that time. Uh-huh. Like, just those kind of stock jokes, like, have a nice trip, like, stuff yeah. like that, which I love. Like, yeah. I'm a <laughs> sucker for those kinds of jokes, because yeah. I had big sisters that were bullies to me. Oh, no. And so I heard them all the time. Yeah. And so I love watching it in Bart. Right. That's just what happens when you that have happens. older Oh, yeah. If siblings. you're the youngest, you're going to get like a gap four younger of... sisters. Yeah. Oh, so you were telling them to have a nice fall. <laughs> uh, my dad remarried. I was three years older than one, but... Several years older than the other, so I was like an uncle. So it was oh, right, yeah, yeah. That would be mean to bully somebody who's twelve years right. younger. And there's, and there's a, a sweet spot. And a girl. Yeah, you can't. Do and that. I'm like, I was six foot yeah. four when I was fourteen years old. It's just like this giant. And they they were your half siblings. The three of them were half, three, and I yeah. grew up with one. Yeah, yeah, that's a different thing. If you have a half sibling, <laughs> I think you're a little true. bit more sympathetic to uh, them. Mine were half siblings, but they just oh. didn't give a shit. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> how how cool of them? Yeah, really cool. <laughs> Do you want to talk about it? No. Okay. But you Wait, channeled maybe that damage into this burgeoning career. <laughs> yeah, so that's yeah. good. You should thank them. <laughs> Thanks, Jennifer Nubega. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that there's like a sweet spot. Maybe not a sweet spot, but like a three to four, three maybe three to five year gap between siblings where it's like it's chill to like be kind of a dick to them but then yeah, wait any... they were like 10 and 12 years older than I oh, was well, why are they being so yeah, mean I don't know do you have siblings Julia I do I have an older sister um, two years older so okay. we're we're pretty close and so it, I don't think I mean we were terrible to each other in the way that like sure. two kids in a house are terrible to each other but you know we're close now having twins is like at first oh like, my goodness you know when we found out we're like this is going to be terrible. And the first right. year is, I, it's like, I don't remember it at all. Like, yeah. I'm just blocked blacked out. out. Yeah. And uh, and that's saying that I did, you know, 30% of the work. Like, my wife did a lot of it. And uh-huh. it was just not just because it worked out that way. And um, But now it's awesome. Like, it just gets better and better because they have a playmate and they'll have these shared, ex- even though they're different genders and whatever, they're just like, no, I'll have all these shared experiences. And it's that's pretty, great. It's pretty oh, that's great. sweet. And I they're six that. years old Six, now? yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a sweet age. I like kids. Oh, look at these guys. Yeah, they're cute kids. You have a good family. Yeah. We try. Yeah. I showed them pictures if you're wondering what just happened on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I think that two is a pretty good number, too. And that's sort of, like, I remember my mom telling me, like, she always wanted to have two kids um, so that we would have each other when we were growing yeah. up. And um, I, I guess it worked out uh, <laughs> because, actually, the first tattoo that I ever got was with my sister. We have matching tattoos on our feet uh, because, you know, when all is said and done, at the end of the day, we're each other's family. And we know that we're going to be each other's life, like, the longest out of, you know, parents and other whatever. That's yeah. a morbid you guys. thought. But we love each <laughs> other. No, it's good. It's good. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, no, she's great. She just moved here. Uh, she works in animation now. So, anyway, whatever. Um. Speaking of like the like emotional stuff versus the joke stuff, the way that like your wife leans towards you know the Lisa mm-hmm. substitute types, like it is always funny because like I definitely am I'm on the side of your wife who really loves to cry at a Simpsons episode, and it's always like I'm I'm never um, like not wanting to put on a jokey episode, but it's just not what I go to. So when I'm kind of forced to through the podcast i'm always so happily surprised of just like oh the simpsons is just great no matter what episode like it's just so funny Mm -hmm. that i am satisfying whatever thing i was wanting to feel but in a just in a different category Mm -hmm. like my needs are being met and i didn't know that i had these needs and it's wonderful yeah i mean every episode is dynamic in its own way and i think that like your recollection of it, if you haven't seen it for a while, could be like, oh, that's just a silly episode where they just go off the charts and into Capital City or whatever. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but there's always going to be a heart moment into it, which I think is is something so unique and great about The Simpsons and why it's endured, because they always wanted to maintain that heart, that core of the family and those those values. Mm-hmm. And this is the biggest 
maybe Burns Smithers episode of all time, yeah. arguably. It's certainly way up there, just how much Burns and Smithers is on the screen, how much they're interacting, how much... Even like a throwaway, Burns says, uh, you know, my folk guitar class got canceled. <laughs> you want to get together for a drink? And Smithers goes, would I? And it's just like, it's so, it's really, it's good. Like, there's yeah. a lot of Burns and Smithers. And like, obviously, the family's great, but... Gosh, there's just episode after episode. I think you, you guys have talked about this in the podcast too. When you let, like, the 22 short films is about the mm. other characters. Their characters are phenomenal. They're there the is best. no show ever that's done so well. Like, Fraser Crane on Shears is mm-hmm. pretty good, but that's one guy. It's one guy. Yeah. Yeah. They spend so much time developing these characters and making them dynamic. Sure. Which is like a tall motherfucking order. <laughs> because you have to be true to Lisa yeah. and, and Bart and, and Homer. And it's just, and you just, you find a way to make it real with the other ones. It's really, it's really good. Yeah, no, it's incredible. And, and I, God, I really wish, I know that this, we've talked about this, it, it, you was going to happen, uh, I think in like the late nineties, the Springfield show where mm. it would be, um, Josh Weinstein was oh, talking yeah, to yeah, us about, about how it was just going to be all the extra characters or maybe have it a spinoff. And, um, that would have been so interesting to see, but you know, that'll exist in fan fiction. Forever and it ever. sure will. <laughs> the brain. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I would argue that this is more of a, a Smithers and Burns episode than Homer the Smithers. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. you're right about that. Mind. Yeah. Uh, we had already talked about Springfield with a dollar sign, so I'll say that that's probably some of my favorite uh, Burns and Smithers oh, stuff. Yeah. I said hop in. It's one of the best <laughs> moments. Um, so in terms of the smaller characters, mm-hmm. uh, who are some of the ones that you are just so happy to see pop up in an episode? Well, definitely Burns. I don't know how small he is because he's... Let's go even smaller than Burns in like, you not... know, not... I'd say he's in the main cast. Yeah, yeah. Pretty so close. maybe like Bumblebee Man level. So uh, I went to journalism school. I've been a journalist for a long ass time, and I love Kent Brockman. Yes, yeah. that's awesome. You know the the um, <laughs> he's the best. I welcome our our uh, insect overlord. <laughs> I say that a lot. It, of course, you. And the thing is, you could replace it with anything. Like somebody, uh, gosh, I don't even remember what the premise was, but something happened with some. It might have been. Let's say it was Nickelback. I don't know for the sake of argument. <laughs> right. And somebody goes, I for one welcome our Canadian overlords. Like you just literally slot in whatever you yeah. want. I feel like that statement could be said a, a lot now, especially since it's an election year. Yeah. Yes, you know, anytime exactly. somebody mentions Trump, well, I for one welcome our insect overlords. And it's what um, I think it's what gave Ken Jennings his career. Yeah. Because if it hadn't been for uh, Ken Jennings putting the, that quote in his final Jeopardy question he didn't know the answer to, he wouldn't have blown up. Wow. Like he was doing amazingly. That's a good point. Yeah. He was doing amazing for Jeopardy, but like aside from like the robot that won, like people don't often <laughs> remember, remember that Jeopardy contestant, the robot. <laughs> but like it, and then Twitter came shortly after, and everyone remembered who was this funny guy who made the Simpsons joke. Yeah, and it's funny because you consider someone funny for quoting The Simpsons when really, I mean, all they're really doing is saying someone else's joke, but they are funny because they have a sense of humor enough to get how to make it work for their own everyday life. It's about the context. This is specifically is. what charmed my wife. She's like, oh, you got the right thing in the right place. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's something else. But anyway. <laughs> Ayo. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's really, it's just identifying context. And it's not like I'm not a comedian. I've never attempted to be a comedian, but I just, the things that I find funny are the things that are widely considered to be okay clever funny and like I'm not yeah, a you have, have a sense of humor whatever, yeah. right 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 so right. which you know whatever good for Chuck Lorre for making money <laughs> yeah, no no this isn't a, we don't begrudge yeah this isn't a podcast I where do we... I hate Chuck Lorre oh. <laughs> <laughs> don't say the quiet parts loud <laughs> <laughs> see again it's like yeah it's it's a great puzzle like it is just fitting pieces into open slots and just having it work I, that, again yeah Anyway. <laughs> no, we are we're, 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 yeah, exactly very much in tune with Fox in the early nineties right now. <laughs> um, so uh, you love Burns, yes. Brockman. You love Brockman. Um, is there any bees. all the bees? Is there any character on The Simpsons that you identify with most, and it could be part of the core cast? I, you know, I think I. Not really, and I think the problem was my age. Like, the mm-hmm. only character who's my age is that I dropped your taco on the fryer, Mr. Kid. I dropped yeah. your taco on the fryer, Mr. Oh, oh yeah. Pimply yeah. 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 Face Team. Pimply Face Team. Yeah. And, um... He's, like, everyone's favorite. He pops up so I love Oh, well, he's fantastic. Are you guys going to Incredible. the prom? <laughs> well, I wasn't... You know, I had nerd tendencies, <laughs> yeah. but I also, like, played sports. And yeah. Uh-huh. Kissed a girl or two in high school. So it wasn't like that... Exactly. Way to brag. Yeah. Well, <laughs> one, let's face it. But, um, no, it was... 
it wasn't quite age appropriate. Like I wasn't an adult. I wasn't a little kid or whatever. So it was just more. And like I said, it was just more the humor. Like I was at an age where I was, I just, it was all id, right? When you're 17, 18, right, you just right. like have needs and you do this and just, I want this and this and this. And so the show just appealed to me on that level. So it wasn't really, it wasn't like, I mean, Homer is obviously just such a phenomenal character and you're able to trace the slope of it. And I feel like the peak Homer is kind of now because he's still, he hasn't turned, like he gets a little. Season three, you mean? Yeah. Season not season th- 27. Right. Well, see, that, yeah, right. Sorry. We're talking about three. And, yes. Not season 27. <laughs> but there's just like a, he gets, starts to get dumber eventually. And it just it it actually changes. gets mean at a certain yes, point. Yes. And he's, I don't like that. He yeah. becomes like very negligent and uncaring. He swings around. Yeah. It's like in, and it seems season by season, some seasons they treat him like a puppy. Yeah. And some seasons they make him a little bit meaner or a little bit more self-aware. Right. Yeah. And that's been a problem. Like we talked about uh, the one episode um, that John Vitti wrote that we didn't we didn't care a, a lot for was um, part of, of what I found difficult about it was Homer making a joke that was way too smart for him. Mm. Yeah. They were like playing Battleship or something. And he like picked up one of like the, the pieces and went Semper Fi and like, you know, did a little like that's salute That's pretty to phenomenal if, if he was actually the character that would do that. Yeah. I know. I know, but it just, it seemed off and, and also, I don't know. You shouldn't it, give your jokes to the wrong people. Yeah, like, it's, it's hard. You have to cut it if it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, you ha- you mentioned earlier, like, they're true to Lisa. Like, they're true to, they need to stay true to the yeah. characters. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think that's part of it. It's like, there is a tiny sense of odd, like, ownership of these characters because they're who we grew up with or who we watched during formative years. And then it's kind of just like, they would never do that. Why are you making them do that? Yeah. But, you know, we have to grow up sometime and be like, well, it's the writer's choice, but I'll just like the earlier episodes then. Yeah. Because they act how I want them to there. I definitely think that I I picked up on the characters that were just more over the top funny. Like someone like Lisa or Marge, they're straight men on the show. Yeah. They're they're there to bring heart and character and all that stuff. So when I was that age, when I was watching at the time, I'm like, they're fine characters, same. but they didn't. And now I'm like, oh, well, they're, you can't do the show without Marge. Marge I'm is huge. Way. She's the foil. I love a good Marge joke. I love a good Marge line. Like, she's turning into one of my favorite characters. It just took a while to get it. Yeah. And yeah. they'll have, like, several, like, Marge's Empowered episodes. And those are like, oh, wow, this is a totally flipped script now. And this episode's completely different. And I love this. And it's just, it's great. So yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that, too. Uh, can I read uh, one last uh, bit of of research and, and uh, news about this episode in particular? No. Uh, I found... Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yes, please. Okay, great. Please uh, so this episode in particular was study material for a sociology course at UC Berkeley. What? Yeah. Where I want to take that why class, Why didn't I go to Berkeley? Way. I know, right? My sister went to school around this time, and she tried to take this class, and she's a massive oh, fan. Oh, wow, really? And she couldn't keep up. And she, for the record, to show you how bright my sister was, like, she... She, grad- she was on the news for how good her grades were. She's the most wow. least consistent person. <laughs> wow. She was on the local news because she had like a 4.8 GPA oh and she God. was always taking the extra classes. And she what has was- she got to prove? Well, <laughs> wow. who cares when you don't even know The Simpsons well enough to I know. Keep, so it's wow, the one incredible. class that she dropped your out of. Your sister is Hillary Clinton. No. <laughs> and it makes me think of, I went to Chapman University in Orange County and they had mm-hmm. a Disneyland course, um, which I think was about the history or architecture or design of it. <laughs> and you thought it was going to be, is this ride fun or is this, is ride, this fun? ride fun? <laughs> anyway, back to UC Berkeley. Uh, so it, they examined this episode and it was used to examine issues of the production and reception of cultural objects. In this case, a satirical cartoon show. That sounds like something you'd find on a, a syllabus. That's a deep dive. It's I would love dive. that. That's really cool. Yeah. Gosh. I took a baseball literature class one time. Oh, wow. That was super fun. Yeah, I would take that class, class just to be like, what is this? What is baseball? <laughs> How are you translating this into those two words? <laughs> yeah, like the natural and uh, Field of Dreams. There was a book uh-huh. Field of Dreams is based on so stuff like that. It was good. Oh, it was, that sounds cool. It was yeah. cool. And the teacher was like actually a very hard grader. I'm like, I thought this will be a breeze. I love baseball. And then she's yeah. like, well, let's talk about this metaphor or whatever. I'm like, oh, what's the metaphor? baseball? <laughs> That's funny. I, like, I've never been like, aside from hockey, like I've never followed sports, but I love sports movies and sports books. Like mm-hmm. I, I, there's, cause it's just, what's got more hard in it than a team of people trying to win something? Are you a yeah. Friday Night Lights person? I'm actually, I'm still behind. I've never watched it before. I've never seen it. And it's it's like I'm Stalin that I haven't watched it. I know, I know. Everyone tells me to watch Friday Night Lights. Then you resent it after a while. You're like, fuck you, I'm not watching your damn show. Exactly. (laughs) In in this day and age, there's so many different TV shows that you can get into at at your fingertips. It's it's really overwhelming. Including The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like being told what to do. Same. Yeah. 
Um, oh, the I was going to say that the weirdest college course I've ever taken was a math and philosophy course called Games and Decisions. Ooh. And that was great because I'm more of an English gal and not so much of a math gal. So it was the only way that I could pass math in college. And what was great about it was since it was a philosophy course, he couldn't say anything was like an irrefutable truth or irrefutable mm-hmm. like reason for this, this and that. So everything would be like, and then this is uh, this is the answer or maybe not. I don't know. Like, <laughs> interpretation so every test was great like i could just write a full paragraph and be like this is what i believe and he'd be like that is what you believe a plus so funny it was incredible there was a really long wait list i was uh, amazed i got in anyway i started as a philosophy major and i ended up oh, really? a philosophy minor i loved philosophy yeah I still yeah do. i think it's fascinating yeah uh, me too i want to ask so like if yeah. you were 17 when this was happening were you watching mostly um with family because you were still at home or how how were you watching the show i had two friends one is actually named lenny oh my uh, god and the other's carl not carl dimmons <laughs> Lenny John Leonard, and, John and Lenny, Leonard? they'll definitely listen to this episode because we, we still we still just like exchange emails and whatever mm-hmm. about the Simpsons. Um, and I would we would usually go over to Lenny's house. Lenny like got a whatever his parents' house. And don't tell was, anyone how I live. <laughs> exactly. hey, so good. His, his mom made great cake, and they had he had like good video games, and we would just like this is like basically That's the life. Yeah, it is the life. You know, normally you probably should be going out on, I don't know, a date or whatever on a Friday mm. night, but nah, whatever. Whatever. And, um, Who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> I know. I, I stayed in and watched stand-up specials on Comedy Central. Yes. And that's why I yeah. am who I am. Classic Comedy Central. We talked about Kids in the Hall before. Dr. Katz, Kids in the Dr. Hall. Dr. Katz That was the 90s best lineup of, of Comedy Central was, uh, Hell was yeah. a monster. Hell yeah. I mean, Absolutely. Respect to Broad City and all the and amazing show, Keen Peel, all that stuff's great, but like, God. It yeah, was I know. So it was a different good. era. It was a different era. Um, um, but yeah, so yeah. It'd be at Lenny's house. We would watch the three of us, and uh, especially in those years, like right in like that season three, four, and uh, and it was great. Like we just had the the best time, and these are still like John is like still one of my best friends in the world, and we we still we see each other and we just. It doesn't matter. He lives in another country. We just, right. we just constantly love go back those, to the old. Yeah, stuff. I love those kind of friends. Yeah, too. he stood at my wedding. I mean, like you know, oh, it was great. Man. Yeah. Um, so, so we're kind of wrapping up here yep. now. And what we like to ask our guests is, um, if you could like, you know, write something on the chalkboard as like a lesson from either this conversation or this episode, what would it be? It doesn't have to be a joke. It can just be, you know, like a takeaway. Yeah. I think it's that, uh, if you, uh, don't have a position of power anymore, then that can matter more than anything. Like, I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, Burns is just like, oh, they're not afraid of me anymore. Right. Um, and I find that, uh, uh, pretty amazing like i don't have very many powerful friends or uh-huh. whatever but when you meet them it's just like oh they seem to live in a different orbit they're not evil like mr burns but there's something about that idea of status or whatever and you guys are in the industry that's mm-hmm. it, it, it must resonate we see it all the, all time. the freaking time and yeah. the way that people handle it burns handles it poorly yeah mm-hmm. but i think if you handle it well i don't know that i'll ever get in a position of power but if i let's <laughs> right. say i did i'd be like oh i'll try to be a cool person about it and yeah. not like mr burns right so maybe that's it i like that and uh, as far as some people of power that we've met uh through this podcast like we've seen people that are able to have a tremendously successful career and stay the most grounded yeah. and lovely and like just generous people. So there is a way to do it. There nice. is a way to do it. And it's it's so refreshing to see and inspiring to see. Um, you've been such a good guest. Oh, this thanks. has been such a fun conversation. I really appreciate you guys having me on. I was oh, thrilled to do so it. And yeah. it was a super, even better conversation I thought it would be. Oh, good. Great. And um, is there anything you'd like to plug or where people could find your stuff? Uh, when is this going to air? That's <laughs> in, the key in thing. In a couple of weeks. After January 29th? After two weeks from today? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I will have launched my podcast, which used to exist at Grandland, on Nerdist. Oh, great. wonderful. So we're talking now, the reveal is we're in the Nerdist studio, and I just yeah. couldn't say anything about it. But yeah, so that's super fun, and I'm very excited about that. And there might we might end up doing some other things down the road cool. with Nerdist. Wonderful. But I'm um, starting with this, and it's not all going to be sporty, as evidenced by the fact that... Um, the three of us will end up talking on my podcast. <laughs> let's say pretty soon after this one is recorded, yeah. and um, and I've had you know Heather Haverleski is. I don't know if I do yeah, know. She's know. great. She does a column called um, Ask Polly. She's like an advice columnist. Oh, okay. Um, but she's great, and like um, I had Chris Hardwick on, and like these are not always the most sporty people, and I'm trying to kind of do like just like a long form chat show, basically. Often That'd be sporty. great. Yeah, I'm excited about that. And then writing wise, lots of sporty stuff. I'm gonna. I will have already started with um, CBS.com and uh, Sports Illustrated, and um, what the hell am I missing? 
Uh, that's about it. I yeah, guess. and follow you on Twitter. On Twitter at Jonah Carey, J O N A H K E R I. Um, all of my stuff is either related to my hometown of Montreal or, or The Simpsons. <laughs> or Literally, The Simpsons. There is just, nothing else. That yeah. is that is how that happens. Oh, food too. And food. Oh, of course. Yeah. Also, by the way, the food jokes on The Simpsons. If you start counting them up. That might be the best go-to, like oh, sacrilicious yeah. and free goo, and it just like keeps going and going. <laughs> uh, the sandwich, the sandwich, the sandwich you just talked about. Just into that episode where you I guys talk about the sandwich. How can I stay mad at you? Uh, and it's it's so... such a good device and oh. a joke, and it just serves so many things. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's so great, so good. and it's beautiful to look at. It's it's very visually funny. <laughs> the <Purple>. green, <laughs> yeah, it does become purple. Are you eating that sandwich again? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much. And then uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter and Facebook and all that. Everything's coming up podcast and at Simpsons Pod. Uh, where can people find you, Julia? At Julia Prescott and all the things. And then I'm at Allie Gertz and all the things. And uh, donate to our Patreon. And we will see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, I wish the candy machine wasn't so picky about taking beat up dollar bills. Because a lot of workers really like candy. We understand, Homer. After all, we are from the land of chocolate. Mmm, the land of chocolate. Mr. Simpson. Mr. Simpson. Huh? Oh, I'm sorry. We were talking about chocolate? That was ten minutes ago.